Welcome back to the Get More Podcast, where we're going to get you more money, more marketing, more business strategy, more community, and just more of the good stuff that you need in your life every day. All right, y'all, welcome on back. I am super, super hyped. I am coming off the crazy pre-workout, so this is going to be a super hype session. We have just had an excellent intro conversation, so I already know y'all are going to have a good time with this. So I've got Miss Gwen on here today. We connected through the wonderful world of Facebook. Y'all get yourself into an entrepreneur group if you want support, you want to be hyped up, and you want to connect with just tons of different people that you literally would not know exist. Like get yourself into a group. Don't even care what group it is. Just find yourself some fun people because you never know what kind of connections that you're going to have. So without further super ado, if you just want to tell us your story, who you are, how you got here, tell me more fun and exciting things. Absolutely. Cassie, I just want to say thank you so much for collabing with me. It is so much fun. You're so on point, you know, hopping into hopping into a Facebook group and it's amazing what the universe puts in front of you. It's kind of an awesome thing how it unfolds. So, hey folks, my name is Gwen and my husband and I actually live in the very easternmost part of Massachusetts. They park us about 60 miles out in the ocean, just where I like it. And I actually have had quite an eclectic journey. Um, you know, I, in terms of entrepreneurship, I kind of bought into that, that mindset that my parents modeled for me where you pay your dues and then there's going to come a day where you're going to be able to play. So just get to work. And I signed right on to that. And I have a very strong work ethic, which I'm, I'm proud to say that I was able to put myself through college and, you know, like I have no problem putting in a hard day work. It's actually kind of my, my homeostasis. Um, but how you're doing that work and who you're doing it for is such a huge choice that I didn't stumble on until much later. Um, and so my husband and I, we, you know, we dug in. I worked in Western medicine for 14 years. I, um, I've had a lot of different work experience. I spent 21 years working as an educator on the whale watching boats off of the Cape. That was an amazing thing. They would give me a boat full of people, a microphone, and a whole bunch of wildlife. And it was like my personal Disneyland. That was like going to church for me. I loved it. Um, and then, uh, working in medicine for 14 years was a blessing, uh, in a seasonal community. And then something really hard happened. My father actually passed away before he got his chance to go play. So it was that work, 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 work. And we're going to take that downtime later. We're going to go fishing. Right. And it never came to fruition. And that for me was a huge wake up call that kind of uh, smack into reality really just unpinned what was I signing up for. And so I, you know, kind of glanced back and realized I had put in a good two decades of 80 hour work weeks and had little to show for it and no time for the fun stuff. 
and I lived two tenths of a mile from the beach and I didn't have time to go to it. And my husband and I, we did a 180 and I jumped ship. I bought a restaurant, so I signed up for more work. <laughs> but it was this knowing at this point, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for me. I've made some business owners really, really happy for a long time. And I was grateful for it. So I signed up for it. No, no victim mindset in there at all. But I realized it was time for me to get a piece of what a good employee I was. <laughs> so I, I had a blast, you know, and it was really, really fun to be able to feed people. And then I had a huge kind of awakening in kind of doing a spiritual shift and went into Eastern medicine and an energy medicine school where I took an incredible deep dive and now I teach a grad program with them. And I also have a two other businesses, one pet care service that I'm not putting as much energy in. The one that speaks to me the most is I get to build natural medicine cabinets for people with essential oils and help solve a slew of uh, emotional and, and physical um, things for them. And it has me very gainfully employed. And I love what I do every single day. I get to remind people every day that being sick and tired is a choice. And I get to remind them that being stressed out is a choice and that not being in command of how you choose to spend your hours, your precious, precious hours of your day is a choice. And it is, it's really become my favorite lifetime so far. <laughs> That's the way to be. So I'm the most jealous of whale watching. We went, I lived in Alaska for a while and we tried to go out to like on the boat to see the whales. There were no whales. There were some great pelicans and it was gorgeous, but no whales. So that's literally so high on my life goals. I follow so many whale pages on Instagram. I get like whale videos every day. Uh, definitely what you said about losing your dad was something similar for me. So my mother and I, we were not close. We were not friends. We were not we did not get along. We existed and she passed away six, almost six years ago now, rapid decline from cancer. We didn't know she had it. She just got sick, sicker, gone by the time they diagnosed her. And like my whole life, we didn't do vacations. We didn't do anything fun. It was always just had to work, always had to work. We'll do it later. One day, one day, one day. And then there was not a one day and as not close as she and I were, I knew I was like, that is not, that is not the life I want to have. And that was really what I was going towards. I was working 60 hours in an office and I was 25 at the time. So my quarter life crisis hit hard. It's like, oh shit, my mom died. I don't actually really like this job. I literally got rid of all of my furniture. I rehomed my cats and I moved to Alaska. My quarter life crisis hit hard. So I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to keep doing this. I need to 
experience things while I can. And living in Alaska, I worked at a hotel up there and all these people were coming on cruises and they were all old people. And this was like the last thing they were going to do with their life. And they saved their whole lives to do this, but they, it was so hard for them to do anything because they were really old and they had all these medical conditions and they could barely walk. And I'm like, you are in the most beautiful place I have ever been. And you literally can't do this because you spent your whole life saying one day, one day, one day. And at that point, I was like, I'm not, I'm not signing up for this. I'm not doing this. I'm just going to do every different thing I could. And at that point, I didn't have a business. I was just picking different states I wanted to live in and just moving. I just picked up different jobs, moved to different states, moved back to Alaska because I wanted to have a life. And I was just like, I'm just going to figure it out. I'm just going to live life on totally different terms than what was force fed me through my entire academic experience. All of my other friends were just like, we have our job and we live in the same hometown. And I was like, I'm out. Bye. Have a good time, guys. I'm getting, I got other stuff to do. And so it's looking back, it's surprising that it took me so long to be like, you know, I should just start my own business and be my own boss because that's ultimately what I was trying to do. And I was trying to make it fit into all of these other employer things, which I enjoyed. I totally did. Loved, I loved the hotels that I worked at. I had a great time, but I didn't have my time. And when push came to shove in 2020 and a global pandemic hit, I was like, I literally do not know what could happen. We could get COVID and die today. I've got a bunch of lung issues. So I was scared of getting a really vicious respiratory infection. I was like, I know healthy people who this took out and that scared the shit out of me, which turned into, well, I'm just going to try whatever the fuck I want to try and see if it works. Cause if it doesn't, I'm in the same place and it doesn't matter. It literally doesn't matter at all. And so this podcast was started because of just starting and trying things And I just love that you tried different things. You're like, well, I did this. Well, I'm going to go do this. Well, I want to do this. Well, this is what sets me on fire. And you literally will not know what sets you on fire and makes you excited unless you try a whole bunch of different shit. You got to try a whole bunch of different shit. Straight up. Yes. Was there like a defining moment when you realized for sure that you needed to move into the business that you do now per se, or when you were like, I'm going to get this restaurant. What kind of food did you make at this restaurant? I'm a foodie. So I kind of need to know that too. It's called, it's called big daddy's burritos and (gasps) it's all fresh serve Tex-Mex. No, no, like bottled and canned food. It was every sauce is, is made in house. All, you know, the, every food is prepared. We don't, you know, we don't make our tortillas. We don't have any deep fat fryer, which I'm super proud of that. Homemade salsa, homemade guac, fresh soaked beans, fresh rice. So it was like, I'm so hungry. And I almost so lined up to, it was really an interesting thing. It was kind of when I first started to realize that if you get out of your own way, everything will work the way it was supposed to. And I, 
And there was a defining moment to your question. I, um, I reached a point where I had been in the, the vet hospital that I was working for, for about a decade. I was like the face of the practice and I loved it. And there was um, a day where we just had a major trauma that came in and I couldn't I couldn't have the emotions around it. And I knew I was in the right place at the right time to take care of the clients and the, the patient. And, and uh, I know that that was all as it should have been. But as I got home at the end of the day and fell on my floor and started crying <laughs> and realized I got nothing, I'm done, all done. You know, and it had gotten to the point, it was about 50% grief counseling. And it had gotten to the point where, um, you know, I was starting to see my pediatric population. I started with off over that rainbow bridge and, and again, super privileged to hold that space for those beautiful people who had become my family at that point. But it was like, I, this has reached the course of my stay. And I no sooner had that, <laughs> that moment without soliciting or having in thought of having a business up until that week, that was a Monday, that Friday, the phone rings. And my friend said, as I have a business proposition, I said, you have my full and undivided attention. And <laughs> it was to pitch me a restaurant deal. And I was like, okay. I'm down. So I just looked at the numbers. I crunched. I wrote my letter of resignation and I was like, let's do it. And I was on my way to actually go sign for it. Like we were like, let's do this. Like I needed a year round. I needed something to sustain me. I was bringing in half of our responsibility. We were very fiscally equal. And I was like, we need to do this. And it was great. No problem. So I was on my way out the door and the same friend called and said, did you leave yet? I said, no. She said, don't because her best friend's going to come and buy that one. I'm like, okay. So at that point we were thinking of buying another business. My husband had worked out for a long period of time and they were selling candy and we, you know, like the universe kept being like, nope, that's not working. That's not dead end, dead end, dead end, dead end. And finally, and I had already kind of set in my mind, <laughs> I had written a letter in my mind to a, um, a dental hygiene company that I was going to pitch for them to do candy like dental care products so that I could at least get penance for the generation of teeth that I was going to be rotting out in this industry. So I couldn't get behind the product. Clearly I was already like, how do I undo the damage I'm about to do? <laughs> so the universe was like, mm -mm, no, mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. and I had been so invested in making that happen and I couldn't bring it to fruition. And, and so after I went through a period of like grieving that, my friend called back and said, I have another proposition. And I said, tell me. And she told me about our current restaurant and uh, which it's going to be 28 years old this year. And uh, I was like, yes, because <laughs> the one I was going to buy was mostly fried foods. And I was thinking I can gradually turn it into like salad bar, more vegetarian, you know, that kind of thing. And um, this one, I didn't need to, it was like no deep fat fryer. It was real food. It was like, ah, the universe was like, here, go here. <laughs> and it, it worked out well. And then from there, the, um, the, you know, my, my business that I have with my plant medicine and essential oils found its way to me. So the more I got out of the way, 
the more everything had lined up for me. It was just very cool to watch it happen. You made the decision. You decided that you needed out of your old situation. And as soon as you were confident in that, the universe was like, okay, well, let's, let's do some things. Well, this isn't really going to work for you, but like this next thing will, it's always, I'm like going through like a mindset manifestation program right now where like the mantra is, I am open to receiving this or something better. Mm. So whatever you're looking for, yeah, I'm, I'm so here for that. But if there's something better, even if I don't understand in the moment that it's going to be something so much better, looking back, you're going to see that it is. And that's so important. And as someone who was a chocolatier and totally spent uh, multiple years making chocolate, uh, yeah, I I got to explain that to a dentist later in life. I mean, like, yeah, so I worked in candy store for like three years and, you know, I had to test everything all day, every day. So here we are. Let me pay you lots of money. Thank you for fixing all of the things that I did wrong. So I feel that in my soul, but, uh, Tex-Mex way better. Just, just gonna say that now. Tex-Mex so much better. So what do you think? So you've been in a ton of different businesses. You worked in a ton of different things. What do you think was one of the most painful lessons that you had to learn in business? And it can be in any of them across the board, first, most recent, anywhere. What was one of the hardest things that you probably had to go through in business life? Mm, what a great question. I think that that witnessing of my father working himself to death while I was in the process of following in his footsteps. Um, and, you know, I believe in soul contracts and I think that everything unfolds as it's intended. And I am a mindset coach as well. So I, I also believe that we have a ton of responsibility in the decisions that we make, but I think that emotionally that was the most raw, like, the most raw thing, but here's, here's the reality too. I know that if we don't find a situation uncomfortable enough, we don't change it. So the universe just happened to put me in the biggest vice it had to squeeze the crap out of me to get me the heck out of the dead end I was in. So that way I could make the change. I, you know, I, I have a lot of spiritual badassery in me and, uh, I know that we were never born. This body was not given a soul to sit in a cubicle, not ever. That's never a part of what you were here to do this lifetime. So even though we find ourselves in paths, I understand there's a magnificent difference now between doing your job and doing your work. And I had to do a lot of jobs before I found my work. And now I feel like I am definitely in my true north. And it is, it's like I can put in a 16 hour day and not work a day, not work a minute. Absolutely. And I guess sometimes I think back to people who I did work with and I guess like standard corporate America. And so many of them were like so happy. They were, they didn't have the, I put a lot, a lot, a lot of emotional attachment into the things that I do at any level. I, I take on a little unnecessary amount of, 
I need to be so good at this and this is my value and blah, blah, blah. Terrible plan about some things. But they were like, no, I just like to come to work. I love my coworkers. I'm doing, I saw it most probably like in my insurance job. And they're like, we're helping people get insurance. We get to work with all these great people. And then they would, you know, just come in. They'd work their day. They'd go home and they would like have all these other hobbies and other things that they were doing. So like their job was never like soul sucking. It didn't consume their life. My insurance job consumed my life. And I was that person reading the literal Medicare handbook at home in my bathtub because I needed to be 10 out of 10 at everything. And even though we could look up anything that we needed, literally everything we needed, I could look up on my computer. I felt like if I didn't know it instinctively that I was wrong about everything, which is incorrect in all forms. So if you are just working a job that you enjoy and you're still doing other things, that's great. And I support that. If you enjoy that and you're getting good healthcare and you're getting paid well, and that's good for you, I don't want you to feel like you have to do something else. But if you are hating every day of your life, it is miserable and you're not doing anything else. If you're just going home from work and the only thing you want to do is just get lost in Netflix and drink a lot, which is what I used to do, just because you hated every second of the day and you felt like everything you were doing is a waste, that is when maybe you should look outside the box and see what other things you can do because there's going to be something that you love that you like to do that can probably make you money to some extent like somewhere along the way other people don't know how to do the thing that you're already good at and you can teach other people to do that but you don't have to wake up every day and hate every second of it there's you don't have to do that and it sounds simple enough to say like oh do something that you love it's not it is not. Sometimes it is a lot of, you have to go through a lot of things to get there, but it's worth it. It is worth it. If I hadn't gone through all the things to get here, I mean, I would still probably be working in insurance and hating everything. Like I'd probably still be a raging alcoholic all day, every day, just to numb out how miserable I was in life. And so looking forward and knowing that you are worth more than being in a place that you hate every day is so important. Go on and live. The world is there for you. Do it responsibly. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Do it responsibly. Please wear a mask. I support that. But there's just there's just too many things out there. There's so much in the world that you don't have to live inside your little boxy mm-hmm. life. It's just too much. There's too much goodness out there. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I couldn't agree more. And, and I think that, um, you know, that whole beauty of free will choosing to do the thing that you're doing. And if you feel stuck, because I know a lot of I work with a lot of people to launch them and getting them started in their business or mindset students, energy medicine students, and when you're feeling stuck, and you're looping a story, it's very hard to get out of the mind creating that looped story without someone outside to help mirror and to help pave that path so having a coach or having someone to um you know help to support you in that is just an 
a big gift. What was it like for you when you first like really invested in like your coaching or like really invested even just like in your mindset and because I imagine you probably along the way were like, how do I even run this kind of business and found something to help you or when you were struggling maybe with mindset and what that brings to you. Like, it's so scary to invest in yourself. I, I mean, it was for me. It's, it was, I thought I was going to pee my pants the first time I paid someone to be a coach and like invest in my business. I could not fathom that I was doing it. And then I can't believe I didn't do it sooner. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I went through so much shit that I didn't need to go through. If I, there's so much time. Like I personally would have saved so much time and some, a lot of tears, a lot of tears and a lot of time. So what was that like for you? Yeah, I was in, I think like you, uh, um, lack mindset when that began and mindset is everything. Mindset is going to create manifestation or thwart it, depending upon which side of that watershed you're sitting on. And, um, I am a big manifester now But before I knew what that magic was about, um, I borrowed my family's paradigm around abundance. And that's typically what will happen is you take on what was bred into you about what you can have and what your worth is. And it takes, um, if it is in a lack space and it's something that you want to shift, It takes a lot of undoing and peeling back those layers to be able to see that shift. So the first time I actually, (laughs) um, it started, I would say, with my investing in the energy medicine school. So it really started to like open up and expand my mind of you're really not born to just go to work. There's There's other juice you're running through your system here. Um, I actually had this really big aha that I needed my coaches. I needed, and people really started lining up for me. And then the school got put right in front of me and I learned about it. And my every, like that tuning fork inside me was like, like true North do this now. And by the time I got to my car from this health fair vendor event, this was years ago, I talked myself out of it. And I came up with the excuses of why I didn't have the money, why I didn't have the time, why this wasn't in the postpone, postpone, postpone. So completely ditched that year. And then I went back to that same vendor event. It was a really cool one. It's one of the biggest in the Northeast for like holistic um, practitioners. And, and um, I was like, I'm going to go to every table except that one, because that woman spent a lot of time with me and I feel guilty and she won't remember me. There's 10,000 people, but you know, I'm just going to like skirt right around that. So I don't get that uncomfortableness, AKA that magnetic pull to go to it. (laughs) So day one, I avoided them. Day two, I avoided them. Day three, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to walk past the table. And the same woman was there, Colleen, God bless her. She's like, you stop. I've been looking for you. (laughs) And then she tells the owner of the school, this is what I was telling you about the charismatic leader. She has this business and this business. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) maybe, maybe she remembered me a little. So I, I actually 
avoided the first weekend. It's based on five retreats a year. I avoided the first one. I was, I had just missed it. The second one was happening that upcoming weekend. And I talked myself out of the program again. And the owner of the school called me and like, we had a coming to Jesus moment. And I was like, my husband's like, go, go do it. What are you doing? Just do it. You know, you want to do it. And inside my head, like I kind of liken the voice of talking shit as like the two cranky Muppets in the balcony. So they were having a field day all up in there. <laughs> there was an archetype in my sixth chakra, actually. And um, <laughs> so um, I was like, nope, I cannot make it. I have pet sitting clients. They are counting on me. He's like, because there's no one else in the world who could go do that. I'm like, they have my commitment. Like I talked, it was just such bullshit avoidance. And so I started the third out of the fifth weekend that year. <laughs> and it was just like changing the, the trajectory of the space shuttle. Like it brought me to an entirely different galaxy. And it was the most I'd ever invested in. I mean, I'd done college, but that was the expected thing. This was above and beyond. And oh yeah, it was life-changing. I love that you were like, I avoided this thing that I wanted because that's what I did with my first coach. I, I should have like unfollowed her on Instagram. Like after I had talked to her, I was like, I want to do this and everything seems great. And then I was like, Oh, Oh, panic, 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 panic. And I run away. And I like unfollowed her. And like it wasn't even like three days before she was like, why did you unfollow me? Are we not going to do this? And my husband bless him to death. He has been nothing but obnoxiously supportive. Like, yeah, of course do the thing. Why are you not doing the thing? Of course you just, just do the thing, whatever it's money. Just do the thing. And I was like, no, I'm not doing the thing. He's like, just do the thing. He's like, it's just money. Just do it. He, cause money was never like an issue for him. They always had money. He was always the, well, if I want the thing, I just buy the thing, whatever. And I'm a desperate saver, crazy person, which was great getting us out of debt, having that goal, but now like adjusting to, oh, we have the money. That's no big deal. I've done it a lot better this year. I've made a lot of just big investments. We've bought like just like fun purchases and that's been great. But all along he was like, just do it. Last year when I avoided doing the program that I'm doing now, which I had watched for two years, this this coach do this program even before I had a business I was like I want to do this so bad but then I just talked myself out of it and then last year I came up with every excuse of we're getting out of debt we're not doing anything extra which is true we didn't do anything extra and then this year he's like so when are you signing up I'm like I don't I don't know he's like what what date are you signing up because he knew the dates because he paid attention and I didn't sign up on day one. He's like, are you signing up today? No. Yes. And I just kept trying to make an excuse about money. And then four things fell into place. And then we had the money. And I was just at that point, I was like, okay, okay. I just need to do it. And it's not like I hadn't saved for this thing. It's not like I hadn't been planning for the whole 12 months prior that I was going to spend this money. But when it came to it, I still was not ready. And then I clicked submit and there was no, the world didn't end. I got my email. It was like, welcome to your program. And I was like, okay, cool. I didn't die. The world didn't end. And yeah, awesome. 
And it's it's been an absolute dream. I've gone through, I've learned so much just in the first, I think we're on week seven. I think I'm on week seven's program. And it's and it is as life-changing as I thought it would be the last two years that I didn't do it. So if you are scared shitless of doing it, just do it. Don't wait. Just don't wait. Cause again, you do not know if a that program will actually be available again that coach could change their entire mind and do something else and b you don't actually know if you're going to be alive next year like as morbid shitty as that is and as much as i don't like to think a lot about my own mortality i hate the what if thing what if i get hit by a bus tomorrow what if what if i get kidnapped what if i drown in a lake that i don't know how to swim in all these things not necessarily to be like, this is why I shouldn't be doing these risk things. It's like, that is exactly why I should be doing them. Like what I'm here to do is to do more and sometimes just show other people that it's possible to do those things now. Because if I was scared out of my mind, other people must be scared out of their mind. And if I can suck it up and do it and it's good, maybe somebody else will, which is, which I like to think, because that's what helped me is seeing other people do the big scary thing and also not die from doing it. Big surprise, big scary thing didn't kill us. Oh yeah. Anticipatory fear will is like the biggest set of breaks (laughs) and that whole thing that is racking your brain of what's going to happen. I have no data, no compute. It's way too scary. Stay in this box. And I think that it just keeps getting more and more uncomfortable until you have to take that leap at some point or not. And again, that's a choice. And one of the things that I love to to help people wrap their mind around as they're in this exploration, um, starting to learn the difference between your heart and your head. And it's all the same voice running through. But when it's coming from your heart and you're in contemplation, it's always going to be that first thing that drops in. That's your true north because it doesn't overthink it. It's not analyzing it too much. It is not like weighing out every single consequence that could happen. And then the one one tenth of a second later, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but yeah, but that's all ego. And that will keep you pinned in that little itty bitty box until you get put in a little pine box and take a big dirt nap. (laughs) So (laughs) it's like, if you can start listening to that first thing that drops in and if it feels light and vibrant, or if it, you know, you can tell if it feels like a boa constrictor wrapping around you, it's all ego and it's, that's the suck your soul out stuff. So that's kind of part of the compass. I hate that there were so many things that stopped me because I was scared of failing instead of thinking about what if I actually was succeeding what if the changing that what if was one of like the key things that I really force myself sometimes to remember like okay what if you fail all right yeah sure whatever what if I don't what if it's awesome what if it's the best shit that I ever do what if that why is it always like, what if, why is everything? So what if the negative, 
what if your worst case scenario, because I can come up with some crazy doom and gloom and I can make all kinds of what if I make this Instagram post and what if this person reads it and they take it the wrong way and they slide into my DMs, they tell me I'm an awful person and I've literally never met this person and I have the block button. What if it's the worst that happens? But it stopped me from making a lot of Instagram posts when I first wanted to. Mm -hmm. And I feel like if I had really thought about that on like day one, instead of all of the, what if I fail? What if all of this is for nothing? Well, it's not really for nothing because I tried something. Trying when I was a kid, when I tried stuff, that was seen as great. As an adult, when you try stuff, if you fail, people are like, you failed. You can't ever do anything ever again. You failed at all of these things. There's no like, okay, just try again. People will literally be like, well, you should just go back to what you were doing before because that was, that worked. This thing that you're doing didn't work. And, and I got blessed with some really great friends along the way who didn't really understand why I wanted to do what I was doing, but they were like, okay, just do the thing. Yeah, whatever. Just, just do the thing. Who cares? But I thought they would think a certain way when really they were like, what you're doing is actually not affecting my life in any way, shape or form because we don't live together. We're not working together. I'm not paying you anything. Like, you know, don't kill anybody. Just do what you're going to do. Just you know, don't be a shitty person. You're fine. But man, do you get so in your head sometimes. So true. So what's something that you think would have helped you the most in the beginning that you know now that you wish you knew? when you decided that you were going to get into business? Mm, um, I think that one of the biggest ones is you're going to become an energetic match of the five people you surround yourself with the most. So choose your people that you're listening to very well. And you're absolutely right. Finding that tribe of people who are like, why not? Instead of the people who are looking at you saying, why? Um, because th- those people are going to be afraid of your success, probably as much as you're afraid of your own success. And they're going to validate why you need to stay on the couch and eat bonbons with them. I mean, I'm here to eat celebratory bonbons all day. I'm here for some celebratory bonbons. Uh, <laughs> which I love. And that really is something that I certainly scoffed at early in the online space. People being like, you're just scared of being successful. And that's why you won't try. And I was like, that's stupid. Who's scared of being successful and good at stuff? Oh, you have to suck at a lot of things first to be successful. That's, that's what you're actually scared of. But I remember people were like, I was just scared of succeeding. I'm like, that's stupid. Who doesn't want to be successful? But I did not understand until going through it. You're going to suck at a whole lot of stuff, guys. Like if you're starting anything, you're probably going to suck at the beginning. And that is 1000% okay. It is expected. It is going to be awesome. And you are going to learn so much more from things that go wrong then you'll probably ever learn from things that go right. When things go right for like a long time, I feel like I'm not trying anything new. If you're just doing 
the same thing. And I'm here for consistent results and consistent income and all that stuff. And I don't necessarily mean that, but if you're not trying out new things, you're not growing. Like, what are you learning? You're not learning anything. You're doing the same thing. And that'll probably work for a little while. But when you want to go to a next level, when you want to level up yourself, when you want to level up what you're able to bring your clients, when you want to level up your business, and I think that works for any business, like in food, you're going to try new things on a menu to see what's going to work. You know, they might not all be a hundred out of a hundred and people will love them. But if you don't put it out there to see what people like, you're literally never going to get to have fun, exciting specials and do new things. And people are not going to get to go somewhere and be like, oh, I can have this or this, or I can try this new thing. If you only offer like one thing, if you only offer like one burrito, like that's cool. You'll get regular crowds, but if you don't ever offer anything else, you're not going to be able to bring in all of the people and the same goes for anybody's like services and things that you offer. If you aren't trying to offer new things, if you're not even improving the thing that you have to offer, like if you are day one coming out the gate with like, this is the only way that this thing can ever be done. At some point it it won't be that great. And so I think that's just so, it's so important to just try new things, try new things, try all of them, throw spaghetti at the wall all day every day. Cause maybe you'll find something that really, really works that you didn't think was going to work. I threw a bunch of stuff out and things that I thought were going to work really well did not. And things that I was like, that's not, no one's going to want that. That's dumb. Blew up. <laughs> but if I hadn't ever tried all those ideas, where would, where would we be if people just gave up on day one? Where would, we wouldn't have anything. I wouldn't have a computer right now. If somebody gave up on day one, I went up a phone. I went up post-it notes. Y'all know my post-it note obsession. Everyone should. Anyone listening to this should know that I love post notes. We wouldn't have post-it notes if somebody gave up on day one. They didn't get the sticky ratio correct. They didn't even get the colors correct on day one. There's so many options. But we wouldn't have anything at all if somebody gave up on day one. So why would you ever give up on day one? Why would you not want to have a day one? Because day one gets you to day two, to day 800. Oh, I got to come up with a big number to like day 10,000. It seems like a lot of years, a lot of days. Day one will get you to the year 10 and beyond. Uh, and that's just so, it's so important to register when you want to start something is you're starting on day one and your day one is different than anybody else's day one. Don't compare your day one to like Jeff Bezos today. (laughs) He also had a day one y'all talk about this a lot, but he did not start on day one as the richest man in the world. Unless Elon Musk did And neither of the richest people just woke up one day that way. They did a lot of, they did a lot of shit. <laughs> they went through a lot of evolution and a lot of failure and they lost a ton of money. Y'all, it will happen. And it's scary, but they were like, whatever, don't care. Invested, learned some new stuff, became a bajillionaire. I don't even know if that's a number. That's not even a number, but it's close enough. They have, if they have made up money. The amount of money they have is made up. It's fine. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, <laughs> I think that, um, Somewhere along the line, 
there is an illusion that someone said it was supposed to be comfortable and we bought that lie and people were like oh that feels that feels uncomfortable retreat get back go back go back go back and if we can reframe our mind to start getting comfortable with uncomfortable and letting that be our new norm we're always on the edge of our our growth threshold you know i, I think to people if if you're as big as you've ever been in your expansion this lifetime, you're like a lobster and you're about to molt. And I'm sure that has to be super uncomfortable, but everything you want is just on the other side of it. And you're going to be vulnerable. So surrounding yourself with the right people and getting to know yourself and having patience and grace with yourself while you're going through that is the only way to stay the course. Otherwise, you're going to go back to what you know and keep staying small. So you just have to get out there and let it be messy and suck and then suck less and then suck less <laughs> and, and then just, nail it. I mean, just think about like when you were a kid, literally think back when you were learning how to walk, you did not fall down and then never try to get up again. You didn't fall down twice and then just decide you were never going to ever walk you were just gonna crawl for the rest of forever you didn't do that you at no point were you thinking I can never do this you tried and you tried the same goes with learning how to read learning how to talk all of these things that we do that we grew up knowing we're going to be kind of difficult but you were just going to keep going And no one around you was like, oh, you fell down. You can never walk ever again. It wasn't like that. But then somehow as adults, we're like, oh, you failed at that thing. Don't ever do that thing again. Like that is absolutely insane to me now that I now that I'm in this place looking back because a kid, you were always growing. You were always learning. Like, sure, you got things wrong, whatever. You learned through them. You grew from it. But then as soon as you're an adult, you're expected to know everything. Excuse you. No, absolutely not. Like, as an adult, you should be working even harder to learn new things because you're an adult and nobody can tell you no. Literally, you are in charge. You are now in charge. Even though it doesn't feel like you, you are really ready to be an adult in a lot of ways, I am sometimes still not ready to be an adult who has to take care of her own life sometimes sounds awful but you get to you get to do all of the things and everything is a culmination of choices that you have made and there's definitely situations that are in a lot of ways potentially out of your control and whatnot but you can reframe those situations to ask how is this happening for me Not everything is happening to us. It's happening for us. You learn things. But if the only thing you ever learned from any of your failures is that you suck and you're awful and nothing's ever going to work out for you, that's awful. And you should change that and be like, oh, I failed at this thing, but I learned not to do that thing. I learned that I can change this. I learned what not to do going forward. And I don't think enough people hear that. And I just, I want to like just beat it into everyone's head. (laughs) You're here. If you think it, it's true. So think, think good. You can control your thoughts. You can think good things. Like bad things will inevitably happen to everyone at some point. We, I'm not saying live in la la rainbows, unicorns, magic land. Hard shit happens. Hard shit. It's going to happen no matter what. You're going to lose people. You 
are going to maybe lose jobs. You're going to lose money. Bad shit is just going to happen. It, it, it's just going to, but it doesn't have to break you. You, you are stronger than the things that have happened to you. You are not the things that have happened to you. You are awesome and amazing. And we're all just here having a human experience. That's literally, we are, we are ethereal souls creation here, having a human experience in weird skin, fleshy sacks. (laughs) And just, we're just, we're just weird skin sacks that talk guys. We're just here. <laughs> I love that you call that. I call it the meat suit. <laughs> oh, I like that. Always makes me think of Lady Gaga's meat costume. Right. I'm like I'm just like a weird squishy pile of cells that literally blends into my wall. Actually, if you're just, I'm so pale. <laughs> I gotta get. Back. Y'all can't see how pale I am. I guess y'all can tell from my socials. But I, I am the same color as this door right now. That's great. If you could go back and hang out with yourself as on the day you turned 18 and became a fully legal and clearly a fully mentally formed adult, what would you tell her? Oh, she was a hoot, that one, man, that version of me. I would have had the best time hanging out with myself, I think. <laughs> um, actually, you know, I was I was kind of a badass. I, um, I want to think. I was probably doing my sea semester at that time. So I sailed for six weeks on a class A tall ship and then hung out for weeks in the Caribbean and got my, my, my minor in oceanography. And it was, I'm going to hang out with 18 year old you Never mind you hanging out. I'm hanging out with 18 year old you. (laughs) She was like a goddess and had no fear. And, you know, there's this thing that you're, younger self, uh, I think tends to go through where you're invincible. So as we're, you know, we were out on the Gulf stream in 20 foot seas and they only would let the sickest student on deck and tie them there. Cause the, the amount of water that was coming over the deck was just insane. And I was like, this is so you would be in the trough of a wave and all you could see is the sky and water and then the boat would get on top of it and you could see the entire world it was incredible and I was like yeah (laughs) it was the best roller coaster and we lived on it for it was amazing it was so cool somebody's gonna have to tie me to something like I will be (laughs) I'll be tied underneath the boat like I don't want to know what's happening (laughs) Uh. So I think what I would have needed to tell her is you're going to go through a period of time where you're going to be on a rat wheel and it's temporary, but you kind of have to get your ass kicked in this specific way. Stay the course because the next chapter is going to be so epic. (laughs) So yeah, I'd be like, be prepared. We're going to numb out for a little while. I think it's what we sign up to do. We get all that wounding in all that good juice. So you can decide to grow or stay unconscious and then take a dirt nap. Oh, the epic dirt nap of our death is the only thing that we know is for sure going to happen until somebody figures out how to make me a robot. And then, and then all bets are off and I'm here for that. But invariably, we will all die. And there are so many stories and things that people regret when they get there. They're going to regret the things that they did not do and they did not try 
way more than the things that they did. I've already done so many things that were stupid, reckless, cost me a lot of money, cost me friends, cost me relationships, cost me all of these things. And I do not regret a single one of them because they literally made me who I was. And if I hadn't done any of them, oh, oh, I I hate to imagine who I would be today if I did not go through what I did. And when I am super old and literally cannot get out of bed somehow, some way, I want to think about all the things that I got to do and all the things I got to try. And that all comes from being more scared of that moment of I didn't do anything. I didn't even try to do anything than just being like, oh, I can just do this forever. Cause I could have stayed at a job forever. Like it was, there had been people there who were there older than I had been alive. They were people working there who had kids who were older than me. And this is their life. And that was good for them. But I knew that was not going to be good for me. I knew it would not be good for me. And I did not want to have to, I really didn't want to have to face myself in the mirror in like 30, 40 years and be like, what the fuck did we do? What did we do? What do I have to show for any of it? And not everyone's going to have that. They're really not. Like there's going to be a lot of people who are happy and content with their life. And I love that for them. And I'm excited for those people. And it almost seems easier in a way because they're like, yeah, this is great. I'm just doing this thing and I got this. But you know, when they're older, they're going to look in the mirror and be like, yeah, no, I'm happy with my life because I did what I wanted to do. And it was good for me. And I didn't want to have to be like, this was not good for me and I can't change it now. I mean, I'm sure I could change things at 60, but I'd rather just, you know, do it now. It should be easier to do it now. Absolutely. So as we go into the rest of 2021, what are you most looking forward to for this year? What do you have going on? What are, what are some things that you are like so hyped about? That's such a great question. Um, I'm in an epic coaching program right now and I am receiving stuff like fire hose fast. So I am working to latch onto those things that work for me, you know, it's like, uh, and to try them, not be afraid, you know, there's a lot of uncomfortable that's coming at me fast because my growth is, is pretty rapid right now. Um, I am manifesting the time freedom that is coming with the abundance that I'm coming in, but doing it in a way that's very conscious and doing it in a way that serves a tremendous amount of people. And, you know, if I get to help people have a better human experience and that allows me to bring my husband home from work so that he and I can spend more time enjoying this lifetime rather and get to that beach just down the street from me and go to all the beaches in the world and and do all the things and the coolest place I've worked from right now is under a palm tree in Hawaii so I can do my business anywhere in the world which is a blessing and I want to go see this world so that that is what I'm calling in right now calling in leaders who are ready to free themselves and get unstuck and want to try something different to have an, 
an incredible person to pour time and love and resources into to find their best version of this lifetime what looks like authentically for them and um yeah that's that's where i'm at it's pretty delicious it's so exciting. I'm super freaking excited. And I'm so glad that you took the time to hang out with me in the show notes here is going to be all the links so people can find you, connect with you, get poured into with you and learn more about essential oils, holistic medicine, all of the energy work that we might not even know we need to do. I certainly didn't know I needed to do any energy work. So I was like, I don't even know what that means. So if you don't know what that means, you need to. And because we can always be increasing our energy, we can always be drawing in new things. And that's going to come so much with guidance. There's only so much that we can do on our own because there's only so much that we're going to be able to see and understand in our lives. And when you get that coach, when you get someone who is on your side and they can lead you and walk with you and pour into you, y'all, literally the best thing ever going to change your life. And it's just so exciting. And, you know, to be able to learn from you today, all of the things that you have done and just how impactful that's going to be to my audience right now. Like you've done so many things and there's so much more that you're going to do. You're going to impact so many more people. I am so excited. (laughs) I see you too, girl. Mirror, mirror, mirror on the wall. You know, I want to share one mindset thing for people to just kind of wrap their head around while they think about energy medicine, energy medicine. What what, what is that? What is that? Woo. Crazy. What's she talking about? Um, and I, you know, I, I work in the world between Eastern and Western medicine. I believe in science. I understand that a good medical team is an important thing. I think having things measured is the responsible thing to do, but I also understand that the body has an innate ability to come back to homeostasis when you give it the things that it needs. And if you think about, you know, a scenario I like to help people open to is think about someone, God forbid, sitting in a hospital and they're by themselves and their pain is straight up legit their health is in a crisis, they're terrified, the pain is astronomical, the fear is through the roof, the energy that's coursing through their body is very low vibration, and all of those symptoms are real. They can be measured by science and tests and things. And then their granddaughter walks in with a flower and a balloon and they start laughing and they don't hurt and they aren't alone and they're not afraid and they completely vibrated out of that illness for that period of time and that is something that can't be gotten from a pharmacy that is something that we can't manufacture that level of healing and it happened in quantum time in about four seconds and that too is very real so it's important I think that people understand that it's it's a little bit of a little bit of all the magic put together that makes it pretty epic yes because how you go into a situation will someone define your recovery if you go into surgery because I I'm always here for like the good blend because I don't necessarily think that energy will potentially You know, if you get a gunshot, if you get shot, 
I would like a full medical team there, but I would also like the, just the, the presence, like the love and support and just care of your aftercare team to really, you know, make that pain be a lot less, make the fear of it go down, readdress your safety in that medical team fixes up the problem. The people around you are going to pull you out of that fear. They're going to help that healing process because your body's not going to be in as much panicky stress. Like if you have ever been like super stressed out after like a surgery or something like that, you heal so much slower because your body is just freaking out all the time because it's trying to like handle the fact that you are freaking out and panicked and in fear. So your heart rate is always just racing instead of just calm so that your body can do the things it needs to do and heal yourself up because it's always trying to fix itself. And it's trying at all times to keep you in the state that it wants you to be in. Your body knows what the heck it needs to do. Your body understands that. If it didn't, we literally could not exist. If your body wasn't already so dang smart on just an energetic existing level, because you're not thinking about all the things. I'm not sitting here thinking about how my heart needs to beat at a certain rate or that I need to breathe because I would forget. I would absolutely forget. You, Your body does so much for you already on those vibrational frequencies, just intuitive existing. So you are safe to trust that your body is going to do what it needs to do. And when you you know, have all of those like really positive feelings, that's just going to get it working better, more efficiently. And you'll just feel better. Honestly, it's way, it's way better to be in a place of joy and happiness than hysterically crying, panicked that everything is awful all the time from years, years of personal experience. I speak. Mm, holding space for you there. And there's a lot of people who are in that space as well. And, and, um, uh... You know, that's one of the, the magic of the modality that I work with too, beyond energy medicine. I don't do a table practice because I can work with people on a bigger spectrum, but with the oils, like you are literally accessing the emotional decision-making center of the brain and you can create an incredible shift with something that is really safe and toxic, which safe and non-toxic, which is why it's super important to use a great quality product. Woo! And that is what we are here for. And everyone's going to be able to find you, connect with you, and it's going to be a good time. And I'm just so thankful that you hung out with us here today. All of these great nuggets, just all of the joy and energy, because I know people are getting hyped listening to this because I'm hyped. (laughs) So they are hyped. I'm telling y'all you was hyped right now. So thank you so much for hanging out with me today. Oh, such a pleasure. Thanks for having us on. Maybe we'll do it again sometime, sister. Yeah, yeah. 